Art Supply Posse, it's Kim here. Today I am delighted to bring you a chat with a guest who is new to my world and new to the posse. She was recommended by someone on Instagram um, whose name escapes me right now and I feel bad about that. I should have wrote that down, Um, but it was suggested... Yes, that's right, Harva. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, he suggested today's guest and I'm really glad she did because, of course, I took a deep dive having a look at her work and I was just like, oh, I need you in my life. The posse needs you in their life. So so we have her here today. Um, without further ado, Jack Hancock, welcome to the Art Supply Posse. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So I want to start with probably maybe the most important question of all, I don't know, who is Jack Hancock? Um, so Jack Hancock is me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I am uh, from Michigan, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live here now and um, I am an introvert. I am uh, a nerd. I am so many unusual weird things but most importantly I consider myself an artist and a painter. Mm-hmm. Are you a, a full-time working artist or is your art career kind of a side hustle for the moment? Um, it is a side hustle for the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I would love for it to be full-time but um, healthcare is actually what I work in full-time and then oh. art is on the side. Wow, okie dokie, that must be taxing and trying and, <laughs> and, and so many things especially right now yeah it's been interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a whole nother podcast just right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it probably is <laughs> so so we'll stick we'll stick to the art then um what is your first artistic memory now this can be this can be a couple of things this can be like an experience you remember having with art that stayed with you or it can be art that you made yourself that for some reason has stayed with you or like I don't know something completely different but like what what's your sort of earliest memory that really spoke to you about art? So um, interestingly I come from a family of artists and Mm -hmm. um, so I had that exposure very very early and my mother is a painter as well and so Every home that I had lived in growing up, she always had a studio in mm-hmm. in our homes. And so I, my very early memories of art were seeing her artwork and her studio. And um, I, I don't have many memories of her painting because I'm sure that was her private time away yeah. from the kids. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I still... I still got to see her artwork all the time um, around the house. And I remember very distinctly, oddly enough, that she had this picture of a color wheel on the wall that I was very obsessed with very Mm -hmm. early in age. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. I love it. They are. They are a thing of beauty. Like, yes, it's such a simple thing. It's, it's just, it will honestly say just, but it's, it's all the colors and it's laid out and it's like, it's just beautiful they are really beautiful they are they really are and they're they're such an important instrument for us to kind of draw from right (laughs) absolutely absolutely you can look at one of those and you can learn so much without even realizing you're learning about art like about color theory and that sort of stuff just you know and I'm thinking I'm thinking of the ones that have 
lots of colors not just like the primary and secondary colors but you know those ones that have just got like literally it feels like every single color in the world is on on that wheel and they're just magic yes yes agreed (laughs) so so was your mum a working artist no um she so she had kind of done that on the side as well and um her father my grandfather was a working artist and she um really wanted to emulate that at some point, mm-hmm. but had never made it a full-time gig, but she still creates art all the time. And it's, uh, which is lovely. It really yeah. is. Yeah. That's beautiful. Did you, did you like, did you study art at school? Obviously you've grown up with it. So it was there all the time. Was it something you did at school, at high school, at, at, at college or that sort of thing? Like what's your art schooling like, or was there no art schooling? Yeah. So we, growing up in like elementary school and high school, I had art classes, um, but I kind of consider myself to be self-taught. I never went to university for art. I just kind of always did art and created art and experimented with art, Mm -hmm. um, but never made like a formal education of it. And um, in some ways, it, it gives me imposter syndrome around other artists who have a very formal art education, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I deeply respect. Um, so, yeah, I, I've just kind of, I think, been a natural observer and picked up things and been fortunate to pick up things and learn things. Well, I think the nice thing about approaching your learning of art that way is you're finding out what works for you. You're not sort of... Mm-hmm tied to a uh, curriculum or, you know, like this is what you have to do first. You've got to do this before you can get to that before you, like, do you know what I mean? Like you, you, it sounds like it's more of a, maybe more fun is not quite the right word, but it's what comes to mind, like more experimental, more working out what art means to you and why you make your art. Would that be right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I I agree with that. Definitely. I think you're in some ways it's kept me from a lot of like external influence. Mm. Um, It's very uh, like an organic self-experiment, if you will. Like you're saying, it's fun. It is fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. So how did how did you come to watercolor? Like was watercolor the first thing you played with? What was the first materials you used? Like, was it was it pencils when you were really quite young? Like, what's sort of that uh-huh. process from where you were to now where you work primarily in watercolour, I believe? Like, and, and yes. obviously you enjoy it and you love it and you're very good at it. So how did that come to be where, you, where you're focusing your time and resources and energy is in watercolour? So I very early on um, I probably, I mean, we all have crayons and then we grow up from crayons and, (laughs) you know, use other materials. And so very early, I think I was using like pencils and crayons and um, pastels. I used pastels very early. Mm -hmm. And so I had used watercolor early on, but didn't really like it and moved on to other things. And as I was kind of like going through high school and all of that, I was experimenting more and doing more acrylic painting. and collage art, stuff like that. So it was about three years ago, um, (laughs) pre-COVID, when (laughs) when, uh, I had watched a video just randomly on YouTube, I think, where an artist was using watercolor and they were also um, using like the liquid resist Mm -hmm. and doing some really cool experimental stuff. And they were, I think, painting like a gemstone. And I was transfixed by it. 
because it was so cool and how they did it. And I was just sitting there thinking, I could do this. I could, <laughs> I could try this. Yeah. So like a day or two later, I went to a craft store, picked up just some different random, I, I had no idea what I was doing, really. <laughs> just some <laughs> random like palettes of, of paints. Yeah. And um, I think I had some mixed media paper at home and just started playing with it. And uh, it, I just, I really loved it. It was so challenging because it is a very challenging medium, mm -hmm. but it was so soft and it was so interesting. And after that, I was totally hooked on it. So I started um, using it as my like predominant medium that I prefer at yeah. that point. So wasn't it simply a case of like you, you watched that one video and you were hooked or did you, did you, and you just kept experimenting yourself or were there other, like, have you, your technique, did you improve that just all through your own just trial and error? Or did you find yourself drawn to videos to, to try and get the knack of certain things? Because it is, it is a difficult medium uh, to, to, to get, not right, but yeah, to get right, I guess, um, because yeah. you don't have yeah. a lot of control with it and that sort of thing. Like, how was your process? Because I'm interested in, in someone who, hasn't done it at as an educational level learning how to use watercolor because of course our listeners are everything from uh hobbyists to to you know so professional professional like we, we cover everyone and i'm i'm always sort of cu um, curious to know how someone how an artist came to 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 really work through that medium and, and get it to where they are now like is you know especially when they don't have that educational background because I mean, a lot of us, it's not even available to, right? You know, we might come to, to learning a particular art medium 30 years after being at school. And, you know, when they're yeah. at school, maybe it was not even a, a, in their radar of things they want to learn. So I'm curious to know how you kind of encompassed what you learned. Was it just simply trial and error, practice? Mm -hmm. Did you follow videos, learn from things like that? Like what was it sort of like? So um interestingly I, I did watch a lot of videos and then um, read a lot of books okay. and the books are kind of tricky yeah. because you can't actually see it happen uh -huh. and you're reading an artist's description of their process yeah. so it's kind of like an instruction manual <laughs> without the visual yeah so I did a lot of that and um, a lot of it was I would come up with an idea or a concept that I wanted to paint that was interesting yeah. And then I would think about the texture of it because in watercolor texture translates a little funny. Like you have to think about it differently than other mediums. Mm -hmm. And so I would think, okay, I want to do rocks. And so I would look at uh, videos, see how other people painted rocks. I would read books about how people watercolored rocks. I would just look at paintings and see how the artist would layer Mm -hmm. uh, the paint to create that texture. And so a lot of like just looking and reading and observation. And then after that, it's putting it to the paper and experimenting with that and, and translating it in my own way. Yeah, of course. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of how I tackle it. It sounds like a fun way to do it. Like, yes, it is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably. But Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. I was going to say there's probably uh, as many, um, <clears throat> I won't say the word failure, but didn't quite work out right paintings as there are that the success. And I think that's part of the process, right? Like 
we often think yes. that we should try pick up something and we should be just perfect at it like you know we've got this doesn't kind of work that way and it, it, it's it's also fun to look back on those older works I think yes. and go oh gosh I thought this was great it's not but <laughs> yes it yeah <laughs> your development as an artist it really does I I do like doing that I and the interesting thing is too is I do a lot of studies for that reason. So mm-hmm. I'm taking a piece of paper that I don't really care about that much yeah. and just trying a technique and not getting too wrapped up in the end result. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that before painted like a landscape and um, I threw it away. And then mm-hmm. one of my friends, um, I had posted it online. One of my friends saw it and was like, Oh, I, I really want to buy that. And I'm <sighs> thinking, I just threw this in my trash. <laughs> so, and it's kind of funny how, Sometimes as an artist, I think we get really stuck on the end result being what we consider to be perfect or or what have you. And just the process of creating as a whole can be fun, mm-hmm. um, even if it's frustrating. We can learn so much from that. And, and there's value in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you nearly learn more from things when they don't work out than when they do. Yes. So and, true. And it also, your friend saying that they wanted to buy that piece is such a good reminder of art is subjective, right? Like you thought it was terrible. They thought it was wonderful. And their opinion is totally valid and totally worthwhile. And even if you cringe in the process and but you let them buy it, well, they're happy with it. You've got some money for making this thing that you actually didn't really like anyway. So, I mean, that's a win, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) it's great it's great that um yeah like you're saying other people can have subjective opinions of our work and it can have value with them and uh just it existing has value yes that's right and i think i think we often get caught up in like you were saying like that end result being right but also i think we get caught up in that vision of what we had in our mind of what this particular piece of art was going to be and then when it doesn't turn out that way which it happens quite a lot, we we tend to, I think, just go, oh, well, it's harder to recognise the value of it if it didn't turn out how you wanted, I think. And yes, it's something I think we all need to be aware of. Like it doesn't mean it's wrong just because it didn't turn out how you thought it would. Exactly. Exactly right. Letting stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with watercolour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so I, of course, I did a deep dive into your work to to get an idea and a feel for what you do. And there's just so much beautiful, like natural things and feelings. Like you know, we have there's nature. I mean, I say I say this like everybody has gone and done the same thing as me and jumped into to your website and your Instagram <laughs> and knows what I'm talking about. But <laughs> so I should explain it a bit more. There are there are natural things like butterflies and and fungi and. And then we've got animals and, you know, in whimsical settings, which are just just so cute and so, so divine. I'm sort of, I'm curious to know where do you, like how, how is that kind of art or that style of art? Why is that where you like to work in? But also like how do you decide, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of the, uh, the little creatures doing, you know, fun, cute little things that they just wouldn't actually like really do. Well, I mean, maybe they wouldn't. We just don't see it. I don't know. But, like, how do you come up with that? Like, how does that come to you? How do you decide that I want to put 
this field mouse in this position here doing this thing like how do you how do you make that how does that come to you is this a you just dream it you just have the idea like I'm curious to know where that process comes from yeah um so I sometimes it just kind of comes to me it's it's a little weird and sometimes I do dream about stuff and then I'll be like oh I'll wake up and I have to paint it but I I acknowledge I have a very big imagination Mm -hmm. um and and sometimes I joke that my I grew up, but my imagination never did. And um, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm I consider it a gift in a way that yeah. um, I will sometimes be just drifting. I'll be at work, and this sounds terrible. I'll be at work, and my my brain just wanders, <laughs> and I'll just think of silly things. And I mean, I love being out in nature. I find nature to be very calming and mm-hmm. and um, healing. And when I kind of think about something that makes me happy, it's like being in nature or seeing animals and then just kind of like my own weird, quirky way of putting an animal in a scenario that, like you said, might not really happen. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's influenced by some of my weird day to day life stuff. Like um, I have a snail painting that I did with like all these teacups stacked on its shell. Yeah, it's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I I like for several weeks was having like little tea parties with a friend. Um, we were meeting up for tea dates and I just, it inspired that. Like I was thinking about like tea dates and I'm like, oh, they, you know, that's great. And then I had like a snail obsession all of a sudden. And then I'm like, what if I put them together? And yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, so stuff no. like that kind of just the narrative, the, the story the weird like idea that just pops in my head and then I just have to paint it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of leads me to to the inspirational kind of part, you know, like where do you get inspiration? Obviously you said nature yeah. and it makes sense. Is it is it just anywhere else, like anything else do you think or is it just really just, you know, nature and, and your imagination? I a lot of things. I, I don't know when inspiration will strike in some regards. I mean, I could be out and um, looking at other artwork at a museum and all of a sudden I'll have an idea and I'll be like, oh, this is, you know, I could do this or do that. And then I play with the idea and kind of roll it around in my brain for a while and then see where it goes. And if I keep it Mm -hmm. for several days, then I know I have an idea for something that I want to make a painting. And getting out and getting exposed to different things or different ideas is great for me because it could just inspire some weird idea that I can't let go of and I have to make it into something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if it stays with you, then it's got to come out. Exactly. In some way. (laughs) (laughs) What is your creative process like? Like are you an artist who sits down decides what you know you've had that idea in your mind right okay this is what I'm going to work on next and you start it and you complete it whether you complete it in one sitting whether you complete it over the course of a week or two weeks or whatever obviously you know factoring in work and all that sort of stuff or are you someone who has like 10 different things on the go at once and they're all in various stages of start and finish so my creative process, it kind of varies, but I usually have like a large piece that I'm working on and then a couple of smaller pieces because I like to, I, yeah. I can get bored with an idea if I'm at it for too long. So the smaller pieces kind of take my attention away from that. Yeah. And then I come back 
to like a larger piece and I can kind of work through it. Um, I usually, mm-hmm. usually how it works is I'll have like my idea and then I will create like a um, quick sketch of it. So I create like a muscle memory of what mm-hmm. details I want to keep. And then I'll put that to the actual yep. paper. And I do, if I'm working on a large piece and several small pieces, mm-hmm. um, I'll do all of those steps at the same time. So I'm not like sketching in one phase and then moving on to painting in another. Because I find splitting my, my yeah. mental energy between sketching and painting to be a lot. If I'm painting three paintings at once, it's great. If I'm sketching mm-hmm. three items at once, it's great. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't go back and yeah. forth too yeah. often. And then um, that allows me to kind of work through things and not hyper fixate too much on one thing and then get bored with it and move on. But yeah, that's usually how I work it out. So when you're saying small and large, what sort of sizes are we talking? My larger pieces are usually, um, they're like 12 by 18 inches. And then my smaller pieces Mm -hmm. can be like five by seven inches roundabout. So about like half the size of one of my larger pieces. So they're not ginormous. I actually like painting really tiny things. Like I have a, I think a five zero brush. It's like a hair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I love, I love tiny, like tiny brushes. I love super tiny details. So most of my pieces are pretty small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That was actually going to be my next question was what's your favorite size (laughs) to work on, like large or small? There is, yeah, small is, is. it's a whole other thing, isn't it? There's a whole other world, especially particularly when we tend to learn something we tend to learn on larger sheets of paper or larger sketch pads because you know it's it's often the the most accessible way to buy Mm -hmm. buy a sketch pad or something is in a you know a bigger size and then getting good at that and then bringing it down yeah like smaller (laughs) is a a whole whole other world a completely different ball of wax really it's it's hard to explain, but yeah, once you start like really yeah. sizing down the detail, then you have to start like refocusing and rethinking how you want to create that detail and what like what's going to translate and you rethink like your contrasts, everything, it changes. Yeah. Yeah, well at a smaller size, the yes. shadows are going to be different to at a larger size and and all those sorts of things. It's yes. uh it's a fun it is, process. Definitely. Though, I, I like it. Are you working on like sheets of paper or are you working in like sketch uh, in, in, you know, like watercolor pads that you can then remove the paper from after your, your work is done? Because, you know, art supply <laughs> yeah. posse, we love art supplies and we want to talk about art supplies as well. So where, what is, what is that sort of the surface for you? So, what, what's your surface um, like? I, I don't want to say that I consider myself kind of like a traditionalist, but in some ways I am in that I, um, I do have watercolor blocks but I actually take my sheets out and I soak them kind of mm-hmm. the, the old school way of doing it and stretch them. Yeah. Oh, and cool. um, yeah. so, so how that kind of works is I'll soak my paper and kind of break up that gelatin layer on it. And the paper um, kind of soaks up the water mm-hmm. and, and expands to its max capacity. And uh, then I staple it. I'll use a staple yeah. gun, staple it to like a really thin wooden board. Then I tape it off Mm -hmm. and once it dries, and that's usually like about a day later, it'll kind of suck in and then I'll have like all of the edges nice and tight. And that way I don't have to flatten it afterwards. Um, I know some 
sometimes. And yeah. I've started trying um, more like illustration board where it's thick enough that you don't necessarily have to stretch it and it stays pretty flat. So I've been experimenting yeah. with that more. Yeah. Um, I do have note notepads or watercolor notepads that I travel with in case, you know, I just have to in plain air paint something. Um, but that's not my main working mm-hmm. paper. That's usually when I kind of like slapdash ideas down and save them for later. And I find that stretching my paper really relieves me of a lot of stress afterwards and thinking of like, okay, how am I going to mount this? What am I going to do to flatten this? And it just kind of takes that element out. It's more work at the front end, but I think the end result is really nice. Yeah. So do you find then the using of the boards, is that a complete, like, do they feel different to the paper to work on? They must. It must be a different kind of feeling, a different kind of, and therefore maybe um, give a know, different result. I think it, it kind of does because it changes the way that the paper flexes and even some of the texture of the paper. Because in watercolor, we have like cold press and hot press paper, and you have rough paper. So your mm-hmm. paper depending on what you get, can really have a lot of texture and change the way that the pigment will flow on the paper and create texture for you versus you having more control over the texture. When you stretch the paper yeah. and you have it on the board, it I feel like takes a lot. You still have some, my paper, you know, is it has some texture, a very light texture, but it takes some of that out of it as well. And it creates like a certain heaviness. So the way mm-hmm. that I have my my table tilted and all of that, it can change how the pigment will flow that way. So it's it's not a light way of doing it because if I have a large piece, I have a very big board behind it. And um, But I like the heaviness and I like being able mm-hmm. to have a very sturdy working surface. That works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Nice <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so what brand of paper like are you arches. using? Um, it's... It's a very nice uh, Mm -hmm. brand of paper. I think it's one of the more popular ones. Um, I've tried a few different kinds, and I always come back to it. Every time I get away from it, I'm like, oh, I'll dabble with something else. You know, maybe I want to do this. But it can take a beating, which is really important with watercolor, because if you're scrubbing out colors, if you are Mm -hmm. um, really blending and working pigments, then you want a paper that can stand up to that. And uh, it's just, it's such good paper. I love it. I really do. Mm-hmm. What about your actual um, paints? What paints are you using? So I use a variety of paints, and um, that that's because I prefer certain colors or pigments to have certain qualities. And so I use Winsor & Newton a lot. Mm-hmm. They have some um, transparent watercolors, which are very nice if you like layering colors. If Um, Mm -hmm. you're like me and you make a lot of mistakes, transparent watercolors are great to start with because you can erase some of your mistakes. (laughs) It's more forgiving. (laughs) And um, I like uh, Holbin paints. Um, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but I've started getting into uh, Schmink paints and they are the, the, yeah, the Hordem ones. And they're super concentrated pigments that granulate and create really incredible texture just with the pigment so those tend to be my my preferred paint types and I like the tube paints Um, I know some people like the 
the cakes, mm. but I prefer to work with the tubes and then, you know, they can dry and then I can rehydrate them. So they're really nice. They're versatile. Yeah. 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 So then what about your brush I, brands? So interestingly, when I first got started, I had a bunch of secondhand brushes that I just randomly found and was using and had no clue, <laughs> no clue <laughs> how to really do much with them other than, okay, this works. This is putting pigment where I want it. And um, so it's been an odyssey <laughs> uh-huh. trying to figure out <laughs> brushes that I actually can use that are watercolor brushes that I like. Um, and I think finally, yep. so we have a uh, a art supply brand out, out here called Dick Blick. And they have some local shops mm-hmm. near where I'm at. So I decided to like go in there one day and just like, okay, I'm going to seriously look at some nice brushes. And the Blick Masters line, yeah. I actually really like. And they're a synthetic brush, but mm-hmm. they they lay pigment really nicely. They're not too soft, not too hard. Um, and they have really nice tips on the round brushes so I can get some nice detail. Um, I do have Winsor & Newton ones as well because the handles are like a plastic, not a wood, because I'm notorious for leaving my brushes in my water. And then they swell up and crack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, no good. Like it's, it's a bad habit to have. Um, so they have some really nice plastic <laughs> handles, um, and their synthetic brushes are very nice. They're softer, so if you know um, mm-hmm. a watercolorist likes softer brushes because they're laying pigments a certain way, then that's it's a perfect line for that. Yeah. What about that that brush that's yeah. literally just the one hair? Like, what brand is that? How, how do you get that? Just um, yeah. breaks my brain thinking so about I, that. So this is uh, <laughs> I got it off Amazon. I don't even know the name of the brand. Um, <laughs> it's it's a Chinese brand, and um, it, the the writing on the brush is actually in Chinese, so I I can't really say. But I ended up of course, yeah, of course, yeah. I uh, I went on Amazon and I just literally typed in like the smallest possible brush that it, anyone can use for like I think like yeah. miniature painting mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Oh yes. yeah, of course. So I think yeah, it's more of a sense. like a hobby brush. It doesn't hold pigment super well, but it's wonderful for when I do like uh, like a mouse with fur texture. It gets like those really fine lines to lay yeah. very very nicely and. Um, I love them. They're great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's good. As long as you can yes. source them again when you need to replace them, I guess that's probably the most important thing exactly. at all. Because otherwise, you might. It came in a pack it. of five. It was really inexpensive, so you know it was okay. That's fine. But <laughs> I love them. They're they're awesome. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is your art studio like? Like, do you have a separate space at home where you make your art? Like, are you doing this in a in a spare room, or yeah. is it in the dining room? Or like, like, what's your kind of? It's art in my home. Like? Uh, my studio is, and um, I have a spare bedroom that yeah. I uh, decided a couple of years ago that I just wanted to convert it to a studio space so I could have a dedicated art space that was separate from the rest of my house, so to speak. And, uh, it, mm-hmm. it started a little slowly. I, you know, put a desk in so that way I could do like all of the other business stuff. And then, um, I managed to find like a, a pivoting desk for artists, um, secondhand and 
Nice. Put that in. And yeah, um, nice. after that, I've just slowly acquired little things that I feel like I need for the space, like, you know, an extra like side desk so I can hold all my paints and, um, you know, all the important stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, yes. I'm really fortunate that I have the space in my home that I can dedicate to that. So it's always nearby and I can wake up in the middle of the night, walk into my studio, work. Uh, it's great. I love it. It's nice to also be able to yes. walk away and shut the door and, and know that it's all there, it's yes. contained, it's in the one spot exactly. it's I love waiting it. for you to return to. Yeah. So what I'm curious to know because we sort of touched on that watercolour mm-hmm. is a tricky medium, it can be a tricky medium to work in. What do you think you enjoy the most I, about it? I love that watercolour compared to other mediums that I've used, watercolour just I, I get something from it. It's it's challenging. And um, I, when I started using it, my mm-hmm. first thought was like, this isn't going to beat me. I, I've got to figure it out. Like, I just love it. I, mm-hmm. I hate it. And I love it at the same time. Yeah. And because of that challenge, I wanted mm-hmm. more. And it gives like a softness, like the way you can yeah. layer colors, you can get brilliant bright colors, but you can also have really subtle tones. And that variety of being able to manipulate the pigments yeah. to get those tones really appeals to me. Um, It can be very delicate, Mm -hmm. which is what I like to kind of present with my artwork. Um, And the gradients, like the, Mm -hmm. the hard, you can have hard lines in watercolor, but you can also work them out and it almost looks like a photograph. And I loved that about it. And it just really spoke to me the first few times that I, I dabbled in it. I just knew that I had to learn how to work with it. Yeah. That's always, if you've got that feeling, then that's yes. always a good thing. <laughs> and I think I think you can see that in the work that you produce. You can see the love of it and you can see how the two things, like the watercolour and then the actual subject matter, like which is, again, it's probably not the right word, but it's what I'll use, they kind of meet, they match each other nicely. Like it, looking at the work, and I know it's hard when you're looking online because nothing's quite the same as looking at it in person, but you get a feel for this mm-hmm. is perfect in watercolour. And I think if I saw it in something else, whether it would be oil pastel or oil paint or whatever, it wouldn't quite give that same same feeling yeah. that you yeah, get it's from an it emotional watercolour. Uh, impact in a weird way. It creates yes. like an atmosphere. Yeah, that's it. And um, I, I mean, I, I've tried like acrylics and I do love acrylics and uh, oils, but I, I was never able to capture like the feeling of emotion in my work the same way that I could with watercolor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it, mm-hmm. it definitely comes through. That's for sure. So what would you suggest to somebody who's listened to this episode and is inspired? They want to go out and try watercolor, but they've never picked it up before. They've got no idea where to start. Like what sort of suggestions can you offer them? Like, I mean, do you do you do courses? I didn't even think to ask. Do you do any teaching? Have you done any online courses? Or is that maybe somewhere where Jack is heading later on in the future? And yeah. And we might be yeah. getting the exclusive here. <laughs> like what sort of? Yeah. What would you say to someone who wants to give um, it a try? Honestly, I think what I wish I had known going into it was not to get too frustrated. Um, It's a challenging medium and Mm -hmm. it can be very spontaneous. So you have to learn to let go of control and let spontaneous things happen. And once you stop trying to control (laughs) the medium, 
ironically enough, uh, you'll start to see the the spontaneous nature of it kind of unfold. And that's what creates like the ambiance. So it's definitely one of those mediums that you can feel the artist's emotion. So if you go into it feeling lighthearted and like positive about it and just let things happen and just have fun with it, it's going to translate into your work and it's going to make it easier Mm -hmm. for you to do more complicated subject matter. And I mean, I think... Mm -hmm. For me, I'm kind of a control freak. (laughs) So I think when I went into it, (laughs) it was like, oh, why is this not like, ah, I'm so frustrated. And I would get so mad and then not want to pick it up for several days. Just keep going. That's that's the thing that the best advice I can give is just keep trying. Don't walk away frustrated and like, I'm never going to pick it up again. Just keep going back and you will learn and build on that. And each time you fail, you're learning something and taking that to the next subject or the next painting. And uh, I haven't, I don't do Mm -hmm. courses, but um, I have been thinking about it because I think it would be fun to do classes or courses or something eventually. So we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even if to begin with, it's just simply free uh, through YouTube, like you just, you just never know. Um, I'm surprised that you said you're a control freak. But you love <laughs> it doesn't watercolor. usually just, go together. Just, just <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> Which, it's taught me a lot of patience, actually, in my life. And I'm grateful for that. Yes, yes, for life. sure. <laughs> it's been good, though. Yes. <laughs> life lessons with that. We'll call that life lessons with that. Number one, yes. <laughs> use watercolor. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll get patience yes. at the end of it. Uh, it will break you, but it's a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, goodness me. Jack, that that was a great chat. I really enjoyed that. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with, with the listeners? Um, anything you want to talk about that we haven't quite touched you know, on? I don't think so. I think my, my main thing is just um, – And I've heard from a lot of people who are nervous about starting to paint with watercolor or try it is like I was saying before, just try it, just try it and jump right in. And um, you'll be surprised Mm -hmm. at what it can give you. And I think that translates to almost any medium that we work with as artists, just jumping in and doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed, completely agreed. Well, thank you. Um, Jack, this was such thank a great you. chat. I'm inspired. Uh, it's lunchtime and I'm like, yes. I don't even want lunch. I just want to go and make art. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. Every time I talk to someone, I'm like, I don't want to do any of the things that yes. I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I need same. to go and make I'm art. I'm the same way. 